Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Cisco says it sees first quarter revenue down 1 to 3 percent. Estimates were for a drop of 2.56 percent. Cisco shares, they're lower now by about 2.4 percent. Stocks ended higher with the S&P 500 index up 3 to 24.68, a gain there of one-tenth of one percent. The Dow up 25, up one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ up 12, a gain of two-tenths of one percent. Gold up 8.20 the ounce, up six-tenths of one percent. The tenure of 13.30 seconds. The yield there, 2.23 percent. And West Texas Intermediate Crude down 1.6 percent to $46.79 a barrel. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Don't look at the sun on Monday. Eclipse in the U.S. Unless you've got the special glasses. Unless you've got the special glasses on Amazon, like a lot of people did. Spencer Soper surely did. Unless he got some for his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday again, Spencer. Joining us right now uh, from uh, uh, Seattle, where he covers Amazon for us. And uh, Amazon in the news today, thanks to the president's tweets. And I, I got a text message this morning earlier saying, what's it with the taxes at Amazon? And I thought, what do you mean? They pay a ton of taxes. Yeah, it's become uh, uh, Trump's kind of go-to deflection whenever there's anything critical in, in the Washington Post, which uh, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos owns. So it is kind of noise, and it's a bit of a little bit of a pattern. He's done this before, but it's it, it, it's uh, it, 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 there's enough around it uh, for people to pay attention, and obviously uh, Trump's the president, so he could make things tough for Amazon if he if he wanted to. Could he? Because- well, it, it, that, that's the that's the question: is what 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 power does he have? You know, um, there's uh, there's some potential antitrust concerns about about its Whole Foods acquisitions, but Amazon is such small market share, and Whole Foods has such small market share that that's really not anticipated to go anywhere. That 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 deal will likely likely go through. But then there's just broader questions lingering about the adequacy of our existing antitrust laws and whether they are adequate to. Um, consider the power of companies like Amazon that, you know, really doesn't have concentration in any particular category, but has tremendous concentration of customers and, and economic power, and whether our policies are adequate to to uh, consider those kinds of things. And that's something that not just Trump is, if Trump is even thinking about it, that's something other lawmakers are, are starting to think about. I mean, Spencer, looking at the tweets, he was saying that Amazon is causing great damage to tax-paying retailers and towns, cities and states throughout the U.S. are being hurt. Many jobs are being lost. Now, let's look at the facts of that as well. We did see the share price of Amazon drop a little bit on, on when we saw that tweet. But overall, here's a company that's saying, look, I'm going to add 100,000 jobs over the next year or so. Yeah, what you're seeing with Amazon is kind of a continuation of the consolidation that began with like the big box retailer boom. So it, it, instead of like a lot of small stores where you and that are specialized, where you buy this this thing and then go to another store and buy that thing, you know, it started with like Target and Costco and Walmart expansion, and now that's even continuing, where you have more goods are consolidated into fewer places. There's fewer distribution points in the retail model, so there's fewer places where there are these retail. Uh, type jobs. And so Amazon has really just kind of continued and exacerbated that where 
you know, there are places where Amazon has warehouses where there's thousands of people working, but then there's places where, you know, Sears is closing and Macy's is closing and there's fewer jobs there. So you're seeing this kind of uh, consolidation of, of, uh, of employment, um, you know, in, in, in the flow of, flow of goods to, uh, to shoppers. Yeah, I mean, I, and the, there's the other thing about sort of what kind of jobs we talked about here. I don't, I don't know that working at JCPenney's uh, is a lot of fun, but I, I, I do know that working at Amazon in a fulfillment center also isn't a lot of fun. I mean, you know, you had one of the all-time great stories about Amazon before you joined us here at Bloomberg. Uh, maybe you could describe to us what that story was and, and how uh, what it's like to work in those fulfillment centers at, at the worst. Yeah, at their at their worst, it can be very toiling with with long walks, um, pushing carts, you know, ten to fifteen miles a day. Some workers would estimate that they were, they were working, but that's also evolved. And 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 at that time, there was even a lot of these facilities ran very hot, you know, so you would be pushed to meet these uh, production quotas in in heat. But since that time, they've they've installed air conditioning in many of their warehouses, and they've also implemented more robotics. So the jobs are a lot more stationary, with a lot of uh, robots doing the tedious work. Of, of maneuvering the inventory um, around these huge facilities, and a lot of people are maybe standing at a packing station or a picking station and doing the more manual tasks that uh, robots are not are not good at. But it's still a long shift on your feet. Um, yeah, it's not not necessarily a dream job, but it, but it's a good you know a good job with decent wage and 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 benefits. Uh, and that's where Amazon and, can distinguish. And they don't have editors. They got that. They got that over us. <laughs> I'm sorry. They don't have editors. So they got yeah, that yeah, over us. They got they got that too. Can I can I ask? I mean, it was interesting timing. Obviously, though, it seemed to have been catalyzed in Trump's tweet by, as you say, a Washington Post article, which Jeff Bezos also owns. But what about also the fact that yesterday was very dominated by Amazon? When we looked at the at the news flow, you had retail sales, U.S. retail sales up in July, double where we thought they would be estimated, and many saying that that was Amazon Prime Day. Meanwhile, you have the ongoing pain of of earnings season with a lot of these big retailers. You know, having referenced Amazon as a key consideration as to why we're seeing such poor results. But it's notable that today Target seems to have sort of shrugged off perhaps some of that competition. How big a issue is Amazon on the retail high street? I mean, it's a huge issue. All retailers are talking about it. They're thinking about how to match it. They're thinking about how to differentiate themselves from it. So a big, the big thing now is kind of like the meeting in the middle. There's still things that stores are good at, and Amazon is encroaching on that space further, moving from being an online retailer to being an offline retailer. And so, you know, we're seeing that with the Whole Foods acquisition. They also, they also just announced a new push on their college campus locations like Amazon Instant Pickup, which is essentially their description for a convenience store, you know, you can, can immediately get what you need. So uh, the, the, the two models are, con- are converging. And so Amazon is reacting to the advantages that the brick and mortar stores still have. Um, and and the, the brick and mortar stores are trying to match Amazon on its, uh, on its convenience factor. Um, certainly, it's, it's one of the dominant stories here. I mean, uh, did, did any sense of, of Jeff Bezos' reaction to uh, all this attention? It's about 30 seconds left. No, nothing. They've always been very cautious, and uh, I think Bezos' only thing is at one point in time he tweeted about sending uh, Trump to space, you know, jokingly, but he hasn't really, he hasn't really gotten into it with, uh, with Trump since. Um, the story continues, uh, un- unencumbered by facts. Uh, Spencer Silver, thank you so much. Spencer Silver covers Amazon for us uh, for Bloomberg News and in Seattle. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Corey Johnson at Corey TV on Twitter. She's at Caroline Hyde TV on Twitter. And this is Bloomberg.
Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. This is indeed Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson, Caroline Hyde here for you. And uh, Caroline, how many steps have you got today? How many steps? I don't, you know what I have to say very badly. I don't have a Fitbit. I don't have, I don't have a wearable device. I know I should do, but I fear that I become way too addicted. Um, I am a little addicted. I've got my 11,000 so far today because I ran this morning, but the business of counting steps is no longer the business of Jawbone, one of the pioneers in that space. They moved on to a smaller, if not bigger and better things, smaller things. We're going to talk about Jawbone's Big change in its business model with Selena Wine, Bloomberg News, Global Technology Reporter. But first, to the latest in business news headlines from Charlie Pellet. And I thank you very much, Corey Johnson. Thank you, Caroline Hyde. An update on Wall Street, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all advancing. And this update is brought to you by USCF. Invest in what's real. Visit USCFinvestments.com. That's USCFinvestments.com. Just getting word from L Brands. It is cutting its fiscal year forecast. It also reported second quarter comp sales down 8%. Estimates were for a drop there of 7%. Cisco Systems is predicting another revenue decline as the company tries to remake itself amid a changing networking industry. Also today, we heard from Target. Its shares advanced up by 3.6%. It delivered another sign that its comeback is taking hold as stronger online sales help brighten the retailer's outlook. Second quarter sales topped analyst estimates. Ivan Feinseth is with Tigris Financial. He has a buy rating on shares of Target. Well, first, it's very good to see uh, a retailer doing well in an environment that's pretty much been left for dead. And they're doing well by competing on what their strengths are. They offer a good value proposition. They are doing well in digital and fulfillment. They have their own uh, exclusive brands that are doing well. And tomorrow we will be hearing from Walmart. It shares advanced today up by three-tenths of one percent. S&P up three, a gain of one-tenth of one percent. The Dow up 25, also up one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ up 12, up two-tenths of one percent. Gold up 8.60 the ounce, higher by seven-tenths of one percent. And crude oil, West Texas Intermediate Crude, down 1.6 percent to $46.00. 81 cents a barrel. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones. Now, are we talking Start Me Up in terms of a startup? Are we talking Start Me Up in terms of my health care? Because we're talking both right now with Selena Wang. He's got a great story out. This is a man we should know from, of course, his previous startup, which was Jawbone. Not too pretty a demise for that company, but he's on to other things, and now it's tackling the healthcare industry. Talk to us about it. Right, exactly. I mean, if you can really call it a startup, it's been around since 1999 and raised multiple rounds of funding 
trending over the past decade. Mm. But as we learned last month, Jawbone, the consumer gadget startup, is now liquidating. Now, the CEO has started a new company called Jawbone Health Hub that all we really know is that it's focused on clinical health tracking. Now, I reviewed documents that the company had been circulating as early as October 2016 that laid out some of the details of how they had been looking at their health strategy, and it's incredibly audacious. They include creating killer applications that try to reverse delay and improve diabetes, hypertension, detect and monitor abnormal heart rhythms, and improve stress management. So these are no tiny ambitions for a company's CEO whose last company just liquidated. Yeah, um, Hussein uh, Rahman, this is the, the CEO um uh, well, as you mentioned, he's been at this for a lot. I've known him for a long time. Uh, it's kind of amazing how much money they raised for this business that always looked like it was going to be commoditized. This this uh, this uh, fitness tracker, you know, step counter business. Definitely. I mean, at the very least, you have to keep him, give him some credit for persistence. Uh, he raised a ton of money from very high profile investors, including Sequoia and Dreesen, Kosla, BlackRock, even the Kuwaiti Investment Authority. But with this liquidation, they're seeing losses tallying of some $900 million in equity and debt funding. But in order to pursue these very ambitious health ambitions, they obviously had to raise more funding from an unknown investor. But it's unclear how all of this is going to pan out. I mean, this is going to take several more billions of dollars to even be able to get to the tip of the iceberg of what they're trying to achieve. I mean, Selena, so we don't know who the money's coming from. Do we know what sort of scale of cash they've been able to raise to to make some of these more audacious claims come become a reality? It's something I'm still trying to chase down and I've been chasing for quite some time. Uh, all of their old investors are probably not happy about the liquidation because it means that they don't get much equity in the new business, although BlackRock, which had been a debt funder, did get a small stake in the new company. But just to give some perspective, um, Medtronic, obviously the giant medical device maker, they have billions of dollars in research funding, and it often takes them a decade or more to get their devices from idea and conception to market between doing the research, the clinical trials, all of the FDA approval. So this is a long haul for Jawbone Health Hub, whatever they're trying to do. Uh, it's. I wonder if he's going to have trouble raising money this time around. I mean, I, I was amazed at pretty much every late round of this, this company did last time around. But, you know, with given what happened, the way this thing blew up, what, is there any sense that investors are – I'm still excited to back uh, this guy who's blown through so much money in this business that's blown through so much. Well, Corey, as you know, having been in the Valley for a long time, he is an incredible salesperson. That is something I hear across the board from everybody I talk to. This guy can really sell. He can really raise money. Executing and, and running a company, maybe not so much. Uh, you know, he's kind of it seems to be exhausted some of his resources in Silicon Valley, and he's gone looking abroad with the KIA, and it's likely that he's targeted some other sovereign wealth funds and convinced them to back his his new venture. Um, it does have some pretty interesting technology behind it. There was a video link in the documents that I did review. They had acquired a company in 2015 called Spectros. It's an existing medical device maker that uses white light to measure oxygen in tissues. And according to these documents, they've harvested some of that technology and scaled it down to a small wrist war device. So there is some potential there, and, and I'm sure he was able to sell this this idea to to new investors. So, so 
he's keeping the name to a certain extent and keeping a wrist wearable device. I mean, it feels it feels like echoes of the past. Oh, definitely. And he's also taking many employees from the old company and bringing it to the new company. So the uh, same chief uh, science officer at the new company. It's not completely clear exactly what form factor is going to be. According to those documents that had been circulated, they were looking at various types of wrist-worn devices to target uh, various chronic diseases, whether that be diabetes or hypertension or stress, and create a software service that integrates with the health industry to target each of the patients in those areas. We'll see how much of a different business it's really. Hopefully, for all involved, it's a different outcome. Definitely. I mean... We will just have to wait and see. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't result in the same losses for investors. Selena Wang, Global News, uh, Bloomberg News, Global Technology Reporter. Thank you very much. Listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Corey Johnson at Corey TV on Twitter. She's at Caroline Hyde TV on Twitter. And this is Bloomberg. Let's get to Adrian Mitchell right now. She's got our 991 studios in Washington, D.C. with some world and national news headlines. Thanks, Corey. President Trump is dissolving his manufacturing council and a smaller advisory panel after several CEOs and other executives stepped down from it following his comments on the violence in Charlottesville. The CEOs of 3M, Campbell Soup and BlackRock were the latest to say they were leaving. Bloomberg correspondent Sahil Kapoor reports House Republicans gathered in Santa Barbara to talk about tax reform are finding the president's comments a big distraction. We have Republicans here um, in the House who wanted the focus of this event to be on taxes as the 31st anniversary of when the House and Senate agreed to the last major tax reform bill in 1986. Yet they find themselves asking, uh, having to answer questions about white supremacy. Several Republican lawmakers have condemned the president's statements. Discover Financial is ending merchant agreements with extremist organizations that incite violence, something advocacy groups have been calling on major credit card companies to do. U.S., Canadian, and Mexican trade officials are in Washington for NAFTA talks. The U.S. trade representative says it needs a major revamp, and Leo Girard, international president of the United Steelworkers, agrees. I want to see NAFTA sort of uh, repealed and replaced, if that's the right terminology, that current NAFTA doesn't work for workers in either country. We've got currency manipulation. We've got lack of environmental rights and environmental enforcement. We've got lack of worker rights and worker enforcement. It's the first day of the three-way talks on revising the NAFTA accord. The trade agreement is 23 years old. Global News, 24 hours a day. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.